Old powers waken, shadows stir, an age of wonder and terror will soon be upon us, an age for gods and heroes. The glass candles are burning, and you're listening to the Obsidian Knights Podcast. Hello, my sweet summer children. I'm back with another episode of the Obsidian Nights podcast where we go through A Song of Ice and Fire chapter by chapter, hopefully leading us right into the winds of winter if George ever finishes the winds of winter. Well, today um, we're going to be doing Bran 5 and I have a special guest with me, Marie. Marie, would you like to introduce yourself? Um, hi there. I am Marie. Um, i mainly on Tumblr um, as Queen Arya Stark. And basically, I just whine and talk about um, A Song of Ice and Fire over there. Awesome. Sounds interesting. I will link your Tumblr in the description box. Also, my podcast is edited by Justin Thomas from Top Shelf Fandom. He is the editor of Obsidian Nights. If you like how I do these, all I need you to do big solid favor for me is to leave a review if you listen on spotify apple wherever you listen to it if you listen to it in podcast format just leave a review let me know how i'm doing helps me out a lot and if you want to be on an episode make sure to hit up at nims shadow on instagram or twitter and she will set you up so marie i want to thank you for coming on today we're going to be talking about brand on a scale from one to 10, how do you feel about Bran? Like one being your least favorite, 10 being most favorite. Uh, I'd say he's about a 20 as my child, basically. Oh, so you love Bran. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's Bran. Did you like, did you like King Bran? No. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody likes King Bran. <laughs> going to be a king but not king of westeros and not as some brain dead zombie essentially i mean what the heck was that i, mean, I don't know what that was i can I mean, you imagine a weirwood king being king in the red keep where there's no weirwoods i just don't i no, can't nah. yeah he has no connection to the South, basically. I mean, he wanted connections to the South. He wanted to be a knight. He wanted to, I mean, he clearly worships the faith, but he never goes South and has no connections to it. He's the embodied Yeah, man. he doesn't. He doesn't have any connections to the South. All of that crashed and burned when he fell. Um, so the chapter opens up and it says, A light snow was falling. Bran could feel the flakes on his face melting as they touched his skin like the gentlest of rains. He sat straight atop his horse, watching as the iron portcullis was winched upward. Try as he might to keep calm, his heart was fluttering in his chest. Are you ready? Rob asked. Bran nodded, trying not to let his fear show. He had not been outside Winterfell since his fall, but he was determined to ride out as proud as any knight. So the chapter basically opens up with Bran riding on his horse for the first time and leaving the gates of Winterfell for the first time. And he's in the saddle that is designed by Tyrion. 
I swear I feel like Tyrion and Bran, I know they did it on the show, but I feel like Tyrion and Bran are going to have some kind of connection later in the books, some kind of relationship. And I feel like this saddle is a part of that. Do you have any thoughts on it? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I feel like the main five characters, you know, Bran, Arya, Jon, Tyrion, and Daenerys will come together in some way near the end. Yeah, I agree. It's like Tyrion's already formed relationships with Jon and Bran, and especially with Bran, he's having a lasting impact, basically giving him a wheelchair version of a horse. Yes. (laughs) I mean, this is one of the happiest moments that Bran has had since his fall. I mean, it starts out that way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I really like how George does that with Bran. Basically, he's not just brushing aside his disability. He's finding ways around it. Basically, how would basically someone in his position who has that kind of level of wealth be able to cope in this type of society? I mean, he wouldn't just be stuck in a chair, basically, because Winterfell is not wheelchair accessible. Right. like, how are we going to do this? Oh, we're going to get him a horse with the right kind of saddle. And we're going to use Hodor. <laughs> yeah, and Hodor. <laughs> and, he gets, and he gets bars put in his room so that he can move around and try to dress himself and stuff. But yeah. yeah. George is good about that, like, making things seem very realistic. Yeah. It's like realistic fantasy. I love it. So, um... They ride out. Summer is with them. So it's Bran and Rob, and then Summer and Greywin, and Theon Greyjoy is there. Um, and there's like a couple other people. I think Maester Lewin is there as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but so they're they're riding out, and like a lot is going down. So Bran kind of just wants it to be him and Rob. He doesn't he doesn't want all these people there, but like the captain of the guard is like Hallis Mullen is like hell no. You <laughs> like I'm not letting you two go off on your own like you're both the high lords of Winterfell. Um so they go through like the Wintertown and they they see women like girls and um like the wintertown winterfell is kind of getting there's not a lot of people around people are like either heading south or packing up to go elsewhere because winter is coming so they're like um i don't know i thought they were filling up the town or it's like slowly starting to yeah the wintertown yeah. The winter town. Yeah, like yeah. The, the farmers are leaving like the the fields and their hold fasts and all that stuff. And they're coming to the winter town. Yeah, I guess to to brave winter there. Yeah, essentially. It's strange how it's like, super hot in the south, yet everyone knows winter is about to be here. So I'm gonna be prepared. Yeah. And Bran says it the end of the long summer was near at hand and winter is coming. The people also bend the knee when they see Bran and Rob. And I thought that was weird because I don't recall people bending the knee to Lords Hmm. like anywhere else in the story, but in Winterfell. And I don't know if that's like some long tradition. Like I I don't remember anyone bending the knee to Tywin or bending the knee to Mace Tyrell. 
That's a good point. I mean, I remember in the um, A Storm of Swords, um, they bend the knee to Arya when her um, identity is revealed at the end of the kneeling man. But maybe it's just a northern thing. But her brother was king. Oh, that's true. That's true. They do. Okay. So I I wonder why they're doing it. Like, is it because the Starks used to be kings? And, like, they still kind of hold to that in the North in their own way. Because it seems like the North is really a place of its own. Like, it's really, like, beside it, besides it being, like, so far removed from everything, it seems like their customs, and even, like, when they declare Rob the king in the North, they're like, it was the dragons that we bent our knee to. Like, I don't care about none of these other people. Um, basically, I think it's like the North remembers. They know that they were kings before, and they weren't defeated in battle like the others. They actually um, bent the knee, and it was to a great, a greater power than themselves. Yes, yeah, <laughs> not indeed. not not to a drunkard like Robert Baratheon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they to him because they were they were buzzing us it. <laughs> basically, just friends. I mean. Uh, but I still don't understand that, to be honest, <laughs> this devotion to um, to Robert or why the Seven Kingdoms stayed united when it was Robert instead of the um, the Targaryens. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing keeping them in line. <laughs> no dragons, no, um, no divine right that they said that the Targaryens had. I think the I think what keeps the North in line is the relationship between the Warden of the North and the King. Robert Baratheon being besties with Ned Stark. So when both of them die, the North no longer has any... Well, I mean, they're they're damn sure not going to uh, pledge loyalty to Joffrey because Joffrey's taken the head exactly. of their lord. So they're damn sure not going that way. Exactly. And then with Stannis, I think it's hard for them because Stannis... Is the right? It's hard for Rob because Stannis is the rightful heir, but Renly will let him remain king in the north. Yeah, he'll let him keep the title as long as he has the fealty. Yes, basically the same situation that the Dornish have. Yes, I also I think it's funny that like when Theon is flirting with those girls, Rob is like not where my brother can hear. Like I get that like Bran is a kid, but you don't want him to hear Theon catcalling women, but it's okay for him to see his father cut a man's head off. Yeah, that's that double standard George talks about sometimes. It's okay for <laughs> violence and deep description, but not sex. No, absolutely not. <laughs> like, and then they told, I think they told Bran not to look away when his father was like murdering someone, but then Bran's like, I looked away and pretended not to have heard what Theon Greyjoy said. <laughs> That's true. And I'm just like, oh, okay. And so we can ch- murder. Yeah. But. And later in the chapter, he witnesses the wolves gorging on, on actual people. So, yeah. I don't know. Kids grow up fast in the North, but not when it comes to vagina. But um, so Bran wants to go fast, um, wants to go faster. And Rob is like, I'd race you, but I fear you'd win. Like, Rob's, you know, like, coddling him. He's being a good big brother. 
And they talk about um, the wolves howling. Did you hear summer howling last night? Gray wind was restless too, Rob said. His auburn hair had grown shaggy and unkept, and the reddish stubble covered his jaw, making him look older than his 15 years. Sometimes I think they know things, sense things, Rob sighed. I never know how much to tell you, Bran. I wish you were older. I'm eight now, Bran said. Eight isn't so much younger than 15, and I'm heir to Winterfell after you. So you are, Rob sounded sad and even a little scared. Bran, I need to tell you something. There was a bird last night from King's Landing. Maester Lewin woke me. So before we get into what the bird said, I want to talk about the wolves sensing things and knowing things. They 100% sense things and know things. Like, I feel like there is no debate about that. Oh, yeah. They they completely are in sync with their owners. I just wonder how they basically, like, assigned themselves to to each start like that because it was instant especially with um john and ghost yes every time there's a raven i feel like there's some connection between the ravens and the direwolves because when we get the raven from king's landing about ned stark's death the wolves know Rob says the wolves are howling last night and being restless and they're, they got a raven last night. Mm-hmm. And this raven basically says Jory Castell has been murdered by Jamie Lannister mm-hmm. and they've attacked Ned Stark. The Kingslayer has attacked Ned Stark. So I feel like, is there some kind of connection between the ravens and the direwolves? I hadn't thought of that before. I always just assumed that the direwolves were connected to each other as well as to their owners. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think they're connected to each other and to their owners. But I just find it so crazy that they seem to sense these ravens that are coming to Winterfell before we actually know the grievous news that these actual ravens are carrying. True. I mean... Hmm. <laughs> it's like do you have any other examples other than I mean with those two? Um, not that I can think of right now. Um as far as ravens. I know they like flipped out about the comet. They flipped out about the comet. It just seems like when the ravens come, the wolves start acting up, at least on those two occasions. Yeah, they did. That's true. I hadn't thought of that. So I just thought that because the, the roles are connected and they all know what each other are doing, which we find out later with when um, John works into Ghost and knows about his siblings and knows that one's gone with late when Lady's dead. But yeah, it's true with the Ravens. Yeah. So um, the Ravens have brought the news that Jory's dead. Ned Stark has been... Um, attacked and maybe like before we get off of the raven connection maybe the wolves just know that ravens coming is probably bad news because old man says dark wings dark words so maybe it's something like that like some kind of i don't know it's something i want to investigate further and i shall and maybe (laughs) i'll find enough to do a whole video on (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, so Bran is talking about all of the times that these dark wings, dark words have happened. He says, when Rob wrote the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, the bird that came back brought the word that Uncle Benjamin was still missing. Then a message had arrived from the Eerie from Mother, but that had not been good news either. She did not say what she when she meant to return, only that she had taken the imp as prisoner. Bran had sort of liked the little man, yet the name Lannister sent cold fingers creeping up his spine. And I think that is interesting word imagery. Mm-hmm. Cold fingers creeping up his spine. Because I always think of the Night King as like the cold hand of winter, kind of. And also it gives me like Blood Raven feels. And I feel like it's kind of intuitive for Bran to connect the Lannisters to evil yeah, and cold. <laughs> yeah, he's essentially connect. Basically, he's just the traumatized kid who he he knows what happened, or part of him knows what happened to him, but he's shielding himself from that. He knows something's there that he's not remembering. Yeah, and um, when we talked about the Bran's coma dream, um. When I did that chapter with Cantus, we talked about when Bran sees Jamie's face float up in front of him, the three-eyed raven says, put it away. You don't need that. That's no use. And then Bran forgets it. And then here, he tr- he says, there was something about the Lannisters, something he ought to remember. But when he tried to think what, he felt dizzy and his stomach clenched hard as a stone. So... I feel like he's remembering what whenever he's trying to remember Jamie, he's feeling like he's falling. He's feeling like he's falling. He's felt dizzy and his stomach clenched hard as stones. And I feel like that the three eyed Raven took that memory from him on purpose. And I still don't quite know why. Yeah. I'm just never sure about that three eyed crow. I think it must be up to something. I mean, if the show is an indication, it's a whole nother identity that's planning on inhabiting Bran. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm not sh- Do you think that it's Bloodraven? Yeah, I do. Okay. Because I know some people think that it's a separate entity and that he's actually the tree while the crow is a separate thing that appears in Bran's dreams. Well, I think the crow is what he uses is like his avatar yeah like his avatar that's a perfect perfect example (laughs) perfect like brand's avatar is the um the the sapling that weirwood that grows that john sees and and activates his abilities essentially and i do think when blood raven dies the three-eyed raven will become brand's avatar i do believe that i don't think there can be two at the same time as like if Bran is going to be this all powerful uh last green seer and then i think blood raven has to die i mean he's he should be dead already he's already withering i mean blood raven has to die just by the rules of the whole mentor thing I yeah that's his, he's the obi-wan he's well i guess gandalf didn't die but he's the, he's the dumbledore he has to be removed from brand's um story so that he cannot be his wisdom can't be accessed in the greatest time that it's actually needed so yeah i can see him definitely dying so you think that the three eyed crow thing is basically a whole other entity just like the show did um no 
<laughs> so <laughs> I think Blood Raven is the three-eyed raven. And I think the three-eyed crow in the show and the three-eyed raven are basically the same thing. Just the three-eyed crow is, it's the show's version of trying to simplify something, but actually making it a lot more complicated. Um, I think that Blood Raven is the last green seer and Blood Raven is using that three-eyed raven to talk to Bran, to fuck with Bran and to infiltrate Bran. And also I feel like he uses his dreams as well. Um, But I feel like if Bran is going to become him or become a version of him, then he has to die and his avatar will then be the three-eyed raven, whatever. Well, no, it's the raven in the show and it's the crow in the book. Right. Like, Like when they first made that choice, I thought that, oh, that makes sense because he's blood raven. So why wouldn't he be a raven? But then, yeah. Do you think it's separate? I'm actually not sure. I mean, I do think that, he, I think that, well, what's strange is that, okay, so in the show, it made sense that um, Blood Ra- that really Blood Raven's avatar was a raven since, you know, he's Blood Raven. But then I don't think they ever said his name on screen. Did they? I mean. No, they never said. Yeah, so it didn't even wasn't even necessary so i thought they were simplifying it that way so it's like this is blood raven and his symbol is the three-eyed raven but then i don't know um they just didn't even expand on that so it could have just remained a crow they didn't expand on a lot of shit (laughs) exactly so the change was like pointless (laughs) but but yeah with the three-eyed crow i think i'm not sure that they're actually choosing their avatars like because he seemed confused when brand comes to the cave and says are you the three-eyed crow or i think it's mira who asks mm-hmm. and um he says um crow well i was a crow i was on i was a i was on the night's watch mm-hmm. you know, so he might not have just said, chosen it like brand shows up as a sapling uh weirdwood oh so you're saying maybe the dreamer just or the the seer or the person that's seeing the vision just interpret it well, like i'm not sure that anyone's controlling i'm not sure that either of them are controlling it basically like it could just be um you know them like fitting the landscape or it could just be the magic interpreting the transitioning them into what they're going to appear to be like oh. like you know brand just just sprouts up as a weirwood for for john in his dream and then he activates him and he's actually becomes a full warg kind of or his powers are awakened and he's a but then he's doesn't have to activate Arya, but i'm pretty sure that's him watching her in the winds of winter this is that a tree a, a tree watched her as she ran oh i never i never no i never put that together yeah, she doesn't have to be activated, but then he might try to connect to her and communicate with her through that, just as he communicated with John. But yeah, I don't know. It's just an idea. I mean, it's an interesting idea. I, I mean, maybe he's not controlling. See, the reason I thought that Bran, that he was the three-eyed crow and that Bran would become the three-eyed crow is because when they do his training, and like he still feels like that person inside the bird. I wondered like if he's gonna get this three-eyed crow bird type of thing. Is he is that how he will download all these memories? Because I do think he's gonna have to have access to a lot of information. 
And I don't know how he's going to do it in such a short time. Well, that's the thing. I mean, he's, his abilities are already beyond what his teachers are telling him. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, you can't interact with the past. Then he talks and his dad's like, Who, what? What? <laughs> so, and it's... And he's already breaking rules, like, with inhabiting Hodor, which is a no-no, but then we don't know why. He could be... And he's also using his powers when he's... John's on one side of the wall, he's on the other side of the wall. And he's able to connect to him through his dream that way. So I'm not sure that... I mean, like you said, it's going to be, like, a very short amount of time now that we don't have the five-year gap, which I feel is kind of a mistake. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we need that gap or because he didn't age them up as quickly as he thought he would. No, I know. I'm really interested to see how he's going to do it. And Bran is one of the more interesting characters to see how he's going to make Bran like this master wizard. Yeah. Like, I mean, like I said, like, well, I think we both agree. Blood Raven has to die or be removed from him in some way. So like what will happen to him then? Will he have a whole download like he did in the show? <laughs> or will I, he just- I don't know if it'll be exactly like that, but I feel like it's going to be something like that. So it's like, I just feel like he's going to be able to connect to different parts at any time that he wants, but it will have to be with a tree present. Yeah, I think the trees are important too. I only think that the, that download thing could be accurate because we know that George helped with that episode. Mm-hmm. That was the hold the door episode. So we know that he helped with that episode and we know that there's not going to be the five year gap. So there is going to need to like, he's going to need to speed up this training. Yeah. So like in, um, I know we're, we're skipping way ahead here, but the, a clash of Kings, Arya's talks to the weirwood tree and it talks back to her and they just have a conversation and it's talks in her father's voice. Like, do you think that's Bran? Mm. or what is it say it again well in a clash of kings um mm-hmm. Arya's she's feeling completely demoralized she's um she's already she's lost jack and so th- even that ability of power she had is gone so then she goes to the, the weirwoods and she asks for help and then the tree talks to her in ned's voice do you think that's <laughs> do you think that's bran that's probably bran <laughs> who else would it be Exactly. It's like, yeah, um, I'm, instead of talking to my sister, I'm just going to use my father's voice and use what he said in this conversation that I have. Like, how did he access that conversation? <laughs> like, okay. It's like, yeah. Mm, I don't know. It's like Bran is one of the more complex characters to figure out because we don't get like when it starts getting good, where there would be a lot of information where we could put shit together. We only get three chapters. Yeah. Dance. <laughs> exactly. And and in that chapter he did get a download in a way. He got all kinds of stuff he was seeing through that weirwood. Like it was just like a mini download of things he didn't understand. Well and that was in the dance chapter where he's in Winterfell's weirwood, right? Yeah. Well like after he does the Jojen paste and he see- talks to his dad and then he goes back to his sleeping area and then he he has another download it seems like even though he's not attached and it's like the strangest thing that has no explanation so um pull that up. oh yeah so he sees liana and benjen and then he sees and it's like going in in time like on a timeline 
Yeah, and a ba- backward in time and the trees getting smaller. Right. He sees a pregnant lady emerging from a pool. He sees lady kissing a knight as tall as Hodor. Oh, the first thing he sees is his dad. He sees his dad and he says, I pray that they grow up to be as close as brothers. And he's talking about John and Rob. And then we get Liana and Benjen. And then we get the pregnant woman. And then we get the knight as tall as Hodor. And then we get, I think it's Brandon Snow sharpening the weirwood arrows. Yeah. And then the last thing I think is they put a captive down on his knees and then like cut his throat. And then they feed the weirwood. And feed him to the weirwoods. And he tastes the blood. Yes. Brand tastes the blood. He says, no doubt. Um, I think that's when the chapter ends. But I believe it's after he gets back and his... She wants to tell Mira, but she's not there, or she's crying. Yeah, um, that was another weird thing, because she ran off <laughs> when he wanted to comfort her, but then, which makes us think the Jojen paste happened. Yeah, he's back in their sleeping area when that happened, it seems like. I think Mira kind of ran away, because there's, like, a theory that Bran actually, like, touched her brain, touched her mind, like he does with Hodor. Oh, that could have been it. So do you think he'll be able to um, skin change into a person who's um, not um, already um, been affected by him like Hodor was? I mean, we see that Vermeer, we see that Vermeer can do that, but he drives Thistle crazy. But Bran is way more powerful than Vermeer. So I do think Bran might have that ability. Yeah, he probably does. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I thought that that chapter was in preparation not only for John to um, have his second life in Ghost at the end, but also to foreshadow the things that Arya and Bran are not supposed to do, and then they actively do them, like skin-changing cats and skin-changing birds and people. Right. <laughs> I I think it's Don Willie that has a theory that Bran is going to do like all the abominations of a skin changer. Like he's done a lot of them that are considered abominations. So I don't know. It's interesting to think about. Worst one or the one for worst one for Bran at least. What the um actually having sex with in a wolf even though he's a child. Yeah, <laughs> that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> that's disgusting to think about but that's like that reminds me of like some norse myth like loki type shit like uh, i don't know if you're into norse mythology but if you're into norse mythology like loki one of his sons like you know because he can transform into everything one of loki's sons is fenrir the wolf so he had to be like transformed into a wolf to have a wolf son ah so it's kind of i don't know it's it's off off track it's off it's off the subject (laughs) we've been off track this whole time yeah we're off track (laughs) so they get the news that that ned stark was attacked jory's dead and rob's like you know that like i'm not gonna let jory's death be forgotten like i'm there's no way yeah they genuinely um were attached to this guy i mean aria bran um uh, rob they all have memories of him they don't remember if john does or not so it's like, this is like a big deal, even though the fandom didn't really care. So it's like, to them, it's like, oh gosh, wow. It's a punch in the, um, he felt as if he'd been punched. And they have his memories of like, oh, remember he took us here um, fishing. Oh my God. 
you think that it, they'll hold it against Jamie in addition to what happened with Br- what he did to Bran? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. They're going to hold it against him. I can't imagine Catelyn um, killing him purely because you know that's what we think is going to happen. Like she's going to supposed to bring the Kingslayer to her, so there must be some kind of twist that will happen. But then there also has to be a confrontation with the Starks otherwise with him yeah i mean there's a lot of moving parts (laughs) when it comes to that like i feel like bran might even be the one to intervene in that like to stop his mom but i wondered if they would use him to try to get back winterfell or to try to trade him for edmer but then she's in a zombie state that seems to be worse than um what I don't think there will be any kind of like reasoning with her or any kind of logic behind anything. Like she's motivated strictly on revenge. So I don't think she's going to be like, she's about to kill Brienne. (laughs) She's about to kill Brienne. (laughs) Like with Varric, he was focused on fighting the Lannisters because that's the last thing that um, he'd been told to do by um, Ned or whatever, and that's what he'd been focused on in his death. With Catelyn, it was, her focus was killing the people who were connected to the death of what was happening to her family. So it's a completely different motivation that's more specific to that. Like, Ned sent Beric for justice, and she's there for vengeance. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know how to elaborate on it anymore. (laughs) As I feel like we're getting so far from the chapter. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Well, with Jamie and how um, Bran's feeling with him, it's like something that's being hidden from him by his own mind or possibly by the three-eyed crow. And it's making him physically, like, like you said, like he's falling. Like how is, there must be a fallout from his feeling with this. Yeah, I mean, it could be. It could be foreshadowing. I really, I'm really... I feel like everything, like, I feel like there's no coincidences and everything is foreshadowing. Just want to throw that out there. So if you think it's foreshadowing, so do I. It probably is. But I wanted to talk about, in this chapter, the White Walkers returning. So Bran gets surrounded by some wildlings. And Osha is one of them. Holly and Stivy? Is it Stivy? Stiv. Stiv. They're all wildlings and they've came south of the wall and they're like trying to escape the White Walkers. They're trying to escape winter. They're trying to be south of the wall and protected by the wall. Yeah, what I found interesting about that is that they're still talking about, oh, we can bring him back to Mance. Like, well, you'd have to cross the wall again. Right. They want to ransom him to Mance and it doesn't make sense that they would go back to back to the wall. Uh, but Osha has sent like Osha's like you're stupid. You know that like you're stupid. <laughs> you think I'm going? You think I'm going back there? So Rob is like you know what? He uses like telling them like to let his brother go and um, basically um, the wolves come out. Rob charges kills one of them. Grey Wind kills one of them. Summer kills one of them. And then Theon comes in and saves Bran. Yeah. And Rob doesn't really like that. Yeah, because he endangered Bran because it could have hit him too with the arrow. 
But yeah, one thing that I found really interesting is that these people have seen white walkers yet, or at least they know about them yet. They are petrified of those wolves. Like, I don't know. I mean, not to say that they're pushovers, but there, there's like another level of fear there. It's strange. Oh yeah. They're definitely scared of the dire wolves and they should be. <laughs> they should be. I mean, the dire wolves are huge. And there aren't, they don't really, they're never in the South and they don't really see them that much in the North. Like Benjamin talks about, they hear them every once in a while on their rangings. I think it's Benjamin that says that, or like they might see their tracks or something, but they're not a lot of them even North of the wall. When Vermeer sees ghost, like he's like, you know, that's a second life for a King, a dire wolf. (laughs) So he obviously hasn't seen many north of the wall that's true that's true but anyway they wind up um keeping osha i think it's an interesting dynamic between theon and rob like theon being like you know fuck this i saved your brother and rob's like what if you would have missed you could have killed him you could have slipped and it's like it's very indicative of like at the end of the day you are a captive and you it's not your place to protect Bran. And I feel like when Theon comes to Winterfell and doesn't protect Bran, takes the castle from Bran, I wonder if Rob had any, like, a part in that. Like, Rob chastising Theon about protecting Bran had any part to play in why Theon did what he did. I mean, I'm not saying it's the motivating reason because there's a lot of motivating reasons, but I'm wondering if it's one of them. Because that can't be the first time that Rob has scolded Theon. Well, that's the thing. I mean, Rob is 14 and Theon's technically a grown man. Yeah. I mean, they act like bros and they talk and stuff like that. But he's there's still a, a power imbalance between them. And it's not in the traditional way. Like, traditionally, be um, Theon as his older um, brother type figure being um, in charge of him or, or having an authority over him. Instead, it's this young 14, 15-year-old who's calling the shots and chastising him. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, that's exactly the dynamic of that relationship, which is why I feel like Theon is definitely wrong for what he did. But I feel like a part of me understands because he's been a captive his whole life, even though he was treated good as a captive. It's a very complex, confusing situation. And... You can see that Theon is very confused and he doesn't understand his own emotions because like he's a captive at Winterfell. Then he goes to the Iron Islands and his dad mocks him and laughs at him like he's not accepted anywhere. So he feels like he has to do something very irrational that is against what he actually believes in, because at the end of the day, he loves the Starks. And And I think he hates himself. That he loves them. Like, he, I don't think he wants to love them, but he does. Well, that's something that's interesting that I noticed while I was reading up to this chapter is that um, Theon is, he's like, he's in deep with them. Not just um, him towards them, but them towards him. I mean, he is in the room with them when they're talking about things that Catelyn wants to keep secret. He's having meetings with Rob in private, with, um, with Maul, um, I think it was um, the ca- new captain of the guards and with Maester Lewin. I mean, he's in the inner circle until he's not. Until he's like, no, actually, you are a captive and you should not have done this. Yeah. 
like basically he's in he's yeah he's in but then until he upsets somebody and then it's like hey 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 slap you back down right remember your place young one (laughs) (laughs) it sucks it sucks it really does but the chapter wraps up with them taking osha and taking Osha back to Winterfell on Maester Lewin's advice to be questioned. So that's basically the chapter. Yeah. Did you have anything that you wanted to add that you didn't get to add? Well, with um, Rob, it's like we don't get a POV from him. The only thing we get from him is from the chapters of other characters. So I like how with, with Bran's chapters, we get to see how vulnerable he is. We get to see him put up the front with the others um, being the Lord of Winterfell. And then we get to see him one-on-one with Bran being vulnerable, like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Or even crying. Like, yeah. In the last chapter, I believe he cried and um, Bran didn't know what to do, really. <laughs> like, yeah. And this one, you, he's like. You oh. see a lot of it with Bran, actually. Like, when yeah. he goes in Bran's room, like, um I think he goes in Bran's room at night and just sits there. And like, I think that was the last Bran chapter actually. Yeah. And all Bran could do is just like reach out and hold his hand. Like, Oh God, <laughs> if you don't know what to do, what do I do? And then and, this one. Oh. Yeah. And you see a lot of his vulnerability with his mom as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, yeah. When they, when they finally meet up again, that'll be, yeah. You get the emotion of him basically collapsing in her arms. But <laughs> 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 like this one he's like um i wish you were older Bran. i never know how much to tell you it's like he's in a way Bran's filling the spot that john would have if john hadn't gone to the watch i mean john would be the one he'd be talking one-on-one with mm-hmm. instead of his, um even younger brother yeah i agree so i, I do like that we get rob's point of view from Bran <laughs> and catlin yeah because it does he does he's a kid you know He's a yeah. kid. He's a kid and he has to wear the face of a lord even though he's a kid who still needs his mommy and his brothers. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's sweet. But I want to thank you for coming on. I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed you. You did great. <laughs> no, you did fine. You did absolutely fine. Um would you want to let the people know where they can find you one more time? Um, sure, I am at ariastark.tumblr.com. If you don't mind me getting dramatic and wanky and making edits and writing meta. Or I mean, that's the A Song of Ice and Fire fandom. That's all yeah. of us, babe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's everybody. All right, guys, that was Brand 5, and I will see you next week. Bye. <laughs>